welcome to Truly Whole Heal Your Soul podcast. I'm your host, Mira Luna, and today we're talking about balance, how to find more balance in your life. But before we get into that, I'd like to let you know that I have a couple of offerings on my website, including coaching, Akashic Records readings, and a new program coming out soon about how to read your inner aura. If you're interested, please go check out my website at miraluna.com. Other ways you can support the podcast is to always, you can subscribe on any of your favorite podcast websites. Also, rating review on iTunes is a huge help. And if you're interested in learning more about me, you can follow me at Miraluna on Instagram. Now let's dive into the episode. And today I want to talk about balance. So usually when we think of the concept of balance, we think of finding perfect stillness. Think of somebody doing a handstand. You would think of them as being imbalanced if they look like they're not moving, if they look perfectly still while in a handstand and you go, wow, they are so balanced. That's amazing. And yes, balance is a skill. So when things are less in balance, they look more obviously shaky and mobile. But it turns out any type of balance is always micro adjustments. So if you've ever done a handstand or if you've ever stood on one foot, which is probably a little more accessible to everybody, you will find out that there's always little, little micro adjustments happening or very big adjustments that are happening. And like, if you imagine yourself standing on your foot, even if you feel very balanced, if you're very used to standing on one foot, your foot will be constantly very slightly adjusting. Or if you lose focus, you might have to make big adjustments. And that's because balance is a constant state of motion. Today on Instagram, I saw a post from one of my yoga mentors, Annie Carpenter, and the caption to the post was just, balance is a verb, which I think is just so beautiful because balance is a verb. It's not a noun. It's not a place that you find and then it's there and you're good and that's all the work that you've had to do. Balance is a constant state of motion. Balance is a constant change. And this applies to both physical balance, like standing on one leg, as well as balance in other areas like trying to balance your life, trying to find work-life balance, for example. We think of finding work-life balance as, okay, I'm going to be balanced when, say, I work, you know, just my eight-hour day, but I also have time to cook healthy meals for myself, and I have time to work out, and I have time to see all my friends, and I have time to see my partner or family, or and I also have time to clean my apartment or my house, and I have time to hang out with my children and Basically, there's this huge, every person has a huge list of responsibilities and desires and things that go into life. And sometimes we get stuck trying to find a balance in life by assuming that 
each week or each day, there needs to be a defined balance of all of these things. And if you don't have a perfect quote unquote balance of that, then your life is out of balance and things are imperfect and you're a mess, basically. Um, and that's why so many people, when they become adults, feel like their lives are a mess because we grow up believing that adults have everything perfectly together, everything perfectly balanced. And then, you know, we'll see adults as we grow up that it's clear they don't have everything together, it's clear they don't have everything balanced. And so we're like, oh, let's not be that person. And then we grow up more and we become adults and then suddenly it becomes, oh God, I'm, I'm that person. I'm the person who's not balanced. I'm always juggling 7,000 different things and I never feel like I've perfect put all of those things into a perfect arrangement. I've never been able to find the perfect amount of time for all of those things so that each week everything feels like it's exactly taken care of the way I believe or my conditioning believes it should be. And so that's the big illusion of life is that you're going to someday grow up and come to a point in your life where everything you need to do in your life is going to fit perfectly into little boxes. And that's not life and that's not balance. Balance, we find, is when you can have all of these things and you make little adjustments every day, every week, every month, every year to fit things in. So maybe balance is you have to some weeks see your family a whole lot and other weeks not so much or some weeks balance is doing meal prep so that you know maybe on Sunday you meal prep and then for the rest of the week you don't have to meal prep. And so maybe you don't hang out with your friends on Sunday because meal prepping takes quite a lot of time. But then for the rest of the week, you can go to work, you can have a home cooked meal, and maybe you can see your friends, or maybe you can get more chores like laundry and cleaning and that kind of stuff done. And that's where balance comes in. And that doesn't mean that for one month, you found a system that works that the next month that system is still going to work like maybe some one of your friends comes in from out of town or maybe your child is sick that's going to require new balance and that doesn't mean that your life is suddenly ruined because balance is always an a verb balance is always an action and so Yes, things might get disrupted, and yes, it might be uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean anything about yourself. That doesn't mean you failed to be that, that vision of a perfect person, that person who has things together all the time. People who look like they have their life together all the time, it only looks like that because they aren't thrown off by big things coming in, and that doesn't mean it's not a big shift. That doesn't mean it doesn't th 
literally throw off a lot of their plans and what they anticipated for their month or their week or whatever it is. It just means that when it comes, they don't take it personally. They don't say, oh, because I have to make this big shift because this new thing has come into my life, I am lesser because my plan hasn't come out the way I wanted it. And so often we have this attachment to being balanced and having this perfect facade of a life or having this perfect sectioning of our life that when something unexpected comes in, we take it personally. We take it as our own failure that we, our plan that we came up with is no longer working. But that's not the truth of it. The truth of it is that balance is always changing. Balance is always growing. And the people who are truly successful at balancing are not completely thrown off mentally, do not take these changes personally. They understand, they accept, they appreciate the fact that these changes are necessary and they're constantly looking for ways to streamline, to be more efficient. And so what is exactly the same process of somebody, going back to the example of somebody standing on one leg, you have maybe one person who's very obviously wobbling over and side and forward and back, but they are still standing on one leg that is exactly the same balance as somebody who is standing on one leg and doesn't look like they're doing anything, but that's just because they're changing, they're balancing, their micro actions are so small that we don't see it. And so everybody is on the same level of action and things coming into their life and having to react and having plans and having to make adjustments. Everybody is on that same path. Everybody has that as part of life. But the people who look like their lives are really together are just people who have learned efficiency or have learned tools or have learned to not take things personally. And the best people have learned all of those things so that from the outside, it doesn't look like they're doing anything. But on the inside, they know they're doing little micro adjustments all day, every day to keep that balance as strong as possible. And so that it becomes very hard for things to come into their life to completely knock them off balance. Whereas the person who is doesn't have quite as refined balancing skills, that person who's obviously wavering and falling this way and falling that way, while they still are on one leg, they're still doing good, it doesn't take much for something to come in and push. And suddenly they're completely out of balance, they're on the ground, and now they have to pick themselves all the way up from the ground to get back to that place of balance. And it's so much easier to navigate life from a place of micro adjustments. And then if something big comes, then you're just moved to that place of 
wavering and shaking and obvious, like, active balance, you could say, rather than, but that's still a place of balance. It's still quick to readjust and get comfortable again in your balance. Whereas if you're in that uncomfortable level of balance and something big comes in, you're so quickly thrown to the ground. And then you can take these lessons to building a better life. Because if you already accept that your life is always in a state of micro-adjustment and micro-change, then if you're in places where you're uncomfortable, if you're in places, no, not if in your not if you're just in places that you're uncomfortable, but if you're definitely in places that feel wrong, that don't align with your core values, that don't, you definitely don't feel like are the place you're supposed to be. Or if you're in a really dark place, if you're in a really hard place, if you're suffering a lot, or if you're suffering a little, it can be really hard to have motivation to make changes because you feel like maybe that some people are just naturally meant to be the people that aren't in that place because you see balance as static. So you see those people that are, are where you want to be as static. You don't see all of the change and all of the adjustment and all of the work that they constantly, every day, every moment they put in to create the life that they want to have. You just see, like you see balance, you just see them as static, as a complete image with no adjustment. And so you see yourself as somebody who's statically, definitively required to be in the place you are now, in the job you don't like, in the job that doesn't align to your values, in the relationship that makes you feel awful, that doesn't align to your values, in whatever it might be, you feel like that is your place because you believe the people who are in a better place, that is their place. But once you learn that all of this is just micro-adjustments or major adjustments, that every person is constantly in a state of change, in adjustment, in flux, that you can make a difference. And this empowers you to believe in the strength of micro-adjustments because we also create blocks for ourselves by believing that we have to make big changes to make any sort of change in our life. And yes, big changes will definitely make a change in our life, but they are not the only way to change. And they, they have, they t big changes tend to have big risks attached. And it's not always good to take on big risks. And when you feel in your heart that, oh, I don't know if I should take this big risk, you can listen to that. That's okay to listen to. But don't take that so far as not to make little changes. And so for real life examples, so you can put it to maybe your own life, this comes down to say you are in a job you don't like. This is something that I've just been going through. Say you're in a job you don't like and obviously the obvious big change answer is to find a new job. But finding a new job is 
complicated because your job is your income. Everybody knows that. And as part of being an adult, which I am assuming you are, you have to pay bills. You have to support yourself. You have to have a house or a place to live. You have to have electricity. In this day and age, you have internet. If you're listening to this, um, phone bills, you have to buy food, you have to generally pay for water or trash even. Um, so there's, there's definitely overhead in being an adult and having a job pays for that. Everybody understands that and that's the way it works. So it is a big risk if you don't have a clear place to go to get rid of your job. And this gets even more complicated if you're somebody, if you are the breadwinner of the family, whether it's you and a spouse, or it's you and a spouse and children, or it's you and children, or it's you supporting your parents, um, or a sister or a brother. So it gets even more complicated when not only do you have to afford your own things and you can decide how important it is to budget and spend and all of this for yourself, but you don't get that much flexibility and you have additional expenses when you have a dependent. So it's not always feasible, it's not always reasonable or the best choice in terms of changes to just get rid of your job. But that doesn't mean there's not little things you can do. That doesn't mean you can't start looking around for other jobs because you can't find something better if you don't have your eyes open. You can't find something better if you're not open to the possibility, if you're not looking, if there's no chance for you to see that there's something else out there. That's a very basic first step. But sometimes even that is a bit too much of a step. Sometimes there's really strong reasons that you should stay in the job that you're at. And maybe you do micro changes now that can lead you to a place where you leave, or it's just your job might actually be a good position for you, but where you are at mentally or where the people around you are at mentally or a number of factors are coming in. So it's not a healthy place for you. And you can change things about that really quickly with little changes. So maybe things with your coworkers are not that great. Try and think about ways that maybe your behavior or maybe their be no. We're going to start with change. You start with yourself. So think about ways you are interacting with other people at your work that maybe is bringing about a response that's not comfortable for you. So for example, are you somebody with a constant victim mentality? Are you somebody who doesn't take responsibility for your actions? Or are you somebody who is very combative, who always wants to debate everything, who always wants to blame somebody else? If you're either of these two things or a number of other things, that's something you really have to look into yourself and figure out. People are going to meet you at that level. People are not going to respond positively. But if you 
say if you are somebody with constantly a victim mentality, if you start taking responsibility for your actions and really owning what comes up, it might be really uncomfortable. It probably will be really uncomfortable, but it will not take very long for people to change how they respond to you. And it can be something as little as that and your whole work environment might change. Or maybe you, it's something much more, I don't know what word to use exactly, but I'm gonna say mundane. So maybe your work environment you're off, you really like the people, you really like the job, but the office is just ugly and it makes you feel sad. <laughs> and that can totally happen. That's completely reasonable. Obviously, you're going to have to check with your actual company about rules about this, but pretty much every company is going to let you decorate or add your own personalization to some degree. And I don't know what degree your particular work environment will let you change. But the more you can add your own personal little flair to it, so maybe adding pictures of, of your loved ones or adding a plant can be really nice, especially if you're in an environment without a lot of natural light or without a lot of windows. Having a little natural element can be really nice. Although if you're not really great at taking care of plants, maybe it's not ideal. <laughs> um, maybe you add a framed picture. Maybe you add, um, maybe you just add something like lotion. So it's not even changing necessarily the environment, but if there's a lotion that you really love the smell of that you can put on your hands throughout the day and just change the smell of the environment, that can be really powerful. One of my coworkers has this lavender lotion and anytime he would put it on, it would waft across the office and it would immediately brighten my mood. And it was just such a small thing and I didn't even know where it was coming from for the longest time, but I found out where it was finally co coming from finally i saw him putting on the lotion and now i own that lotion and i put it on and i feel immediately better so even if you're not somebody who can necessarily change the look of your space having something personal like that like a little lotion can change even the smell of the place and give you a little aromatherapy throughout the day to change your environment or maybe you work at a desk or you work at a computer maybe you can't customize your desk but you have a computer maybe it's just changing the background of the computer that's of something that really lights you up like maybe it's a bunch of pictures of puppies like that's fun or maybe it's um a cool mountain scene or Obviously, I love puppies and nature, <laughs> um, but whatever you lights you up, it can be really anything, as long as it's work appropriate, obviously. And so you might not be able to look at it all the time because you're working, but you can close the whatever you're looking at or even tab out for a second and just see that. And even that can be a little brighten of your day. And again, these are micro changes, bringing lotion to work adding a plant, 
these are not big things. Taking a little more responsibility. It doesn't have to be you take all responsibility, but when you see a moment at work where you would ordinarily not take responsibility, even though you had something to do with it, and maybe you start with something really small, like a really fun, like small example um, is what if people are asking about somebody not changing the toilet roll? And maybe it's a lot of people not changing, putting on a new toilet roll. That's something that happens at my work is we don't have like one of those commercial toilet paper holders. Um, and it's so people are responsible of changing the toilet paper. And there are people who will never do it. <laughs> and there are people who always do it. Um, and it's one of those things that's generally very anonymous, so it's easy to not take responsibility for. And may, nobody may ever call you out for it. And maybe nobody will ever talk to you about it. But that's something where you can make a micro change to be more responsible if you always do have like a victim mentality or you don't take a lot of responsibility in your life. And you don't even really have to own up to anything. You don't have to worry about facing a blame or guilt or shame because maybe nobody's even calling it out that this is a problem. But if you're somebody who never changes the toilet paper roll, it could be a micro step to start being somebody who changes the toilet paper roll. It's kind of the same thing as if you're somebody who has kind of disorganized mornings, starting to make your bed in the morning. It's taking more ownership. It's taking more responsibility from the get-go, from the start of your day. And there's not really any consequences to not do it. And there's so there's no guilt or blame or shame that's going to come up whether you do it or whether you don't, which is really important for first steps. But you are taking more responsibility and you are taking more ownership. And that, even little micro changes like that, are ways to start making changes in your life. Because when you start to do those things, you start to see other places where you can make changes. And the, I'm going to repeat it again, the people who look like they have their lives together the most are the people who are best able to identify places to make micro changes so they can go through their day and make micro changes and things will stay relatively balanced and will look very balanced to the untrained eye and it's people who aren't as uh, aren't as skilled at noticing how these small actions can make a difference and therefore don't take ownership, don't do these small actions. These are the people whose lives don't look as imbalanced, don't feel as imbalanced, as balanced. I'm not trying to say as imbalanced, but imbalanced. So those are some tools you can use and I'd love for you to think about ways that you can have a little bit more responsibility, a little bit more ownership, or just find a little bit more positivity. This is why gratitude journals are very helpful. 
just little ways you can start adding some micro changes into your life and see how it affects things. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Truly Whole. If you did, I would love it if you could tell me your favorite parts. You can DM me at Miraluna on Instagram, or I would love it if you posted to your stories, and I would be happy to share on my own stories on Instagram as well. You can also subscribe. You can rate and review on iTunes. Any of these things are truly helpful to me, and I'd love to hear what you have to say about the podcast. And again, if you're interested in any of my offerings, they are available at miraluna.com. Have a great day.